you want to to lean in a little bit yeah. to to talk into the microphone like about here and just talk in a normal speaking voice yeah. you don't have to yell and then when you're done talking you can lean back a little bit but you don't want to be spinning in the chair and making lots of noise and stuff all okay? right i have my feet mounted you look you look pretty pretty pro you ready to go okay Welcome to this week's episode of the Reclaimed Audio Podcast. Now, I know last week we promised that we were going to have a fresh episode for this holiday week, but you know what? It's the holidays and it's things happen and we just could not make that happen. So uh, we're going to be back next week as usual and uh, we wanted to put something out this week though. So I'm going to play the very first episode that we ever recorded of the Reclaimed Audio Podcast. I'm going to do that in a minute and I'm going to apologize now for the sound quality because it's it's not good. Um, but before we did that, I wanted to give you some new content this week as we start 2019 and I thought maybe I would just get rid of Phil and Bill altogether and just start doing maybe an interview series with this podcast. And so my first guest that I would like to interview on the podcast today is the one and only Vance Maker. What do I say? Say hello. Hello. <laughs> now, those of you who may not know who Vance Maker is, Vance is my son. He is, how old are you? Eight years old. That's correct. And you have your own YouTube channel? Yes, I have two, as a matter of fact. Oh, you have two YouTube channels. Now, you want to tell us about them? So one is just me woodworking with my dad. Yeah, same old, same old. So you guys have probably seen it. And then the other one is practically awesome. I started it myself. <laughs> it's all about stick bots and all sorts of fancy stuff. Yeah, all right, back to you in the studio, Dad. <laughs> well, we're both in the studio. And for those who don't know what stick bots are, they are these little plastic figurines that are set up with a stop motion cameras and so he's been messing around stop motion and he wanted to start his own stop motion channel and that's what he's talking about our making channel is called vance maker on the youtubes but now just really quick a quick interview you are eight years old how long have you been making things about um i'd say about five years five years yeah, that sounds about right i would say you were probably about three years old when you started hanging out in the shop with me and um we have made a whole bunch of videos, and we've also made stuff that hasn't been on video. What is your favorite project that you and I have done together? The Carolina Sled. Oh, the Carolina Sled. You want to tell, tell us about Well, what we did is we took some skis, a pallet, and we just screwed them together. We put a rope on it. We polished it. We did all the stuff. It was a lot of work. That's just long story short. Do you want to watch the video? Well, you really should. Just look up... Carolina Sled fr fr by Vance Maker. So just look up Vance Maker. It'll come up on my website. Yeah, I think that would probably work. And also that Sled Vance. Did I tell you that they are giving that away this month? And um, I thought it was last year they are going to give it away. It, well, it, it never happened last year. They ended up because it was the way the season worked out. And so now they're doing it this year. And it's actually there's some stores. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't have the information I should. But there's a there is available in stores in, in some of their select retail lo locations where there's a picture of the sled and you. And people enter to win the sled. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm in stores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a pretty cool sled. Now, one other question. What's your favorite thing that you've made or your favorite project that you've worked on that I didn't help you with? Oh, geez. This is a tough decision. Mm. You don't have any? Okay, well, I'll ask you a different question then, and this will be your last question. So. Ooh, ooh, pick me. Okay, I'll pick you, yes. Okay. Um, actually, I used to have this phase that I went through 
where I was uh, making some shoebox guitars. Oh, that's That's right. True. I'm talking to you, Bill Lutz. <laughs> <laughs> I make them in like two hours. You take like a whole weekend. <laughs> that's right. You were making all those shoebox guitars instead of cigar box guitars. Much healthier, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other question. Recycling. Que- <laughs> Recycling, yes. The other question I had for you is, and this is your last question, is uh, what do you want to make this year because this is like the first podcast of 2019 this is the year that you turn nine what's on what's on tap for vance maker in 2019 what are you planning on i'm planning on paying a lot of attention to my stickbot channel and i'm planning on making some amazing props even though i already have the whole green screen you know just because i have a green screen doesn't mean i can't have fun (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, your green screen is a little cardboard box size green screen. It's not like a... Well, no, it's, it's, it's big perfect enough for the stick to fit bots. stick yeah. bots. And then we also have that green screen in the other oh, room. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we do have that other green screen. I, yeah. I asked Mom if I could use it. She said, yeah, as long as Maddie's okay with it. Oh, you have to ask Maddie if you can use it then too, huh? <laughs> okay. All right, great. Well, now, um, without further ado, we're going to play again. This is the very first episode of the Reclaimed Audio podcast. I don't think, I don't think Phil and I even knew each other yet. I think we just met <laughs> while recording this. I mean, and uh, you can hear the, the difference in our, our sound quality as well as our, our relationship the three of us have developed over the past three years. Um, so in case you haven't heard it, here it is. If you have heard it, then go ahead and just skip to the next podcast in your playlist. Thank you all very much for all of your support and all of your, your years of um, going on this journey with us. And we will see you next week. And thank you, Vance, for uh, helping us create some new content this week. And if you didn't recognize his voice, he's also the voice of our intro, right, for the podcast? Yep. Do you want to do the intro for the new podcast? Yeah. Right now that I'm going to put in so you can say, do you remember your line? Hi, welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, Reclaimed Audio, with Tim Sway, Bill Lutz, and Phil Pinsky, and some more Tim Sway, and a Vance maker, and a guinea pig with a hat, and a pilgrim boot. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the original. Nice job, buddy. All right. Thank you all, and be good. Reclaimed Audio, an audio-only podcast about upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Your hosts, Bill Pinsky, Tim Sway, and Bill Luke. This week's topic is origin stories. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is an audio-only podcast dedicated to making, upcycling, reusing material to create new things. Uh, We're talking about woodworking, metalworking, and just generally making. Uh, With me, as always, uh, and i.e. for the first time ever, is Tim Sway and Bill Lutz. What we're going to do today is we're just going to go around the table, uh, the virtual table, and talk about who we are and what brought us here, what our making careers have entailed uh, what we work with, what inspires us, and what it brought us together uh, to do this podcast. So I'm going to turn it over to, to Tim. Hey, how's it going? My name is uh, Tim Sway, and I'm here because Phil told me that I would be rich and famous for doing this podcast. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm here, and those are my only interests. <laughs> Next. <laughs> if anyone knows Tim, that is so far off from the mark, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, where you're located, what you do, and how you do it. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I, uh, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Connecticut, in central Connecticut, uh, smack in between Boston and New York. And uh, I make stuff out of other stuff, out of things that have been discarded or thrown away or torn down. Um, I 
have been doing it sort of professionally for about a half a dozen years. Uh, I always tinkered and messed around prior to that, but it's only been about a half a dozen years or so that I've been actually selling stuff. And um, I, I come from a, a, a music background, and uh, so basically I was always broke, and I started picking up furniture off the side of the road and stuff and, and always sort of putting my life together that way, and it just I started to enjoy it more than music. And uh, so I decided recently, actually this year, 2015, was the first year that I've been doing this full-time and playing music part-time, whereas every other year it was the other way around. Um, and it's been it's been a great experience, a great learning experience. And one of the things that's been really amazing is uh, meeting guys like Bill and Phil here and uh, these other makers out there and getting to participate in this world. It's yeah, nice. Here, here. Very cool. Tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I basically preach my gospel. Reverend Tim. I. I just, um, you know, I, I do the video thing, and I, I try to do, um, well, first off, I do it, it's, it's like PBS, in, in my opinion. I, I do a completely sponsorship-free and ad-free. I have no Google ads on it. Um, I don't want my work or my message to ever even be remotely confused as being the words or message of someone else. So I keep it 100% free of all that. Everything you see on my channel is there because I put it there, not because anybody else wanted it there. Um, and uh, that being said, I've been thinking about taking donations because <laughs> PBS does too. But uh, every once in a while, I'll do like a little fundraiser where I'll like sell a T-shirt or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I just put the stuff up to share, to inspire people to try new things, um, to to share with what I'm doing and learning. And uh, and I figure if you like it, you'll watch it. If you don't, you won't. And uh, that's pretty much my whole motivation for that. I do also sometimes some of the videos I make for the customers of the, the piece I'm making to show the creation of it uh, for them as well. But uh, I just, I really, I really fell in love with the community and, uh, and I just want to be a part of it as much as I can. What, um, what's your favorite material to work in? Um, it depends upon the week. Uh, you know, I, I'm primarily a woodworker even though I will deny ever calling myself a woodworker and um, I you know sometimes I'm like really into the welder and I just because that's kind of new and I just want to stick metal together and then other times I, I want to grab my grandfather's hand plane and just work out with that for a couple hours and just depends upon the mood I'm in uh, or, or, or is maybe what I have to do versus what I want to do <laughs> if I have to be working with what I probably want to be working with metal you know awesome Awesome. I'm sure we're going to get to know, or the audience is going to get to know us as the you know the weeks and the months go by. But I thought a, a brief little intro from each of us would be appropriate. How about you, Bill? What um, what inspires you? How did you get here? What's your material to work with? That kind of thing. Well, I, I got to say, you know, what really inspires me is um, everything. I mean, I get inspired by uh, things I see, things I hear. Um, people I know, you know, different different things all the time. Um, but I got started uh, working with my hands for my entire career, basically, and that coming around from just always, even as a little kid, being able to make things and, and having people around me that did that. So I always had my hands on tools and making things. Um, over the years, I've, I've done side jobs where, you know, I might build a fence or build somebody a dresser or weld together a railing or something like that to make extra money, but it's always been a, a side job for me, or, or just a hobby, and making making things for people I know as, as gifts. 
Um, but yeah, how I ended up here is uh, really uh, my wife opened up a hair salon, and they couldn't afford to have anything built uh, by a designer is what the original plan was, but the cost was astronomical. So I volunteered to, if they would buy me a few tools, I would try and take care of a few things, and it turned out I built everything for them. So. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it worked it out is, really it well. is beautiful stuff. I, I would strongly recommend everybody go check it out on, uh, on Bill's YouTube channel, William Lutz. Yeah, and then as, as far as like uh, the YouTube thing came about is because when I was looking for inspiration for doing some recycling and upcycling, um, I came across Tim, and I just immediately fell in love with his style, with his message. Because over the years, I went from being just trying to... Upcycle because of money to actually understand the difference that it made, and my, my wife is kind of into that too, as far as being a positive impact on the environment and how we treat ourselves and our bodies. So I, I found an immediate connection with, with Tim's videos and how he did things, and for some reason he allowed me to actually communicate with him, and uh, told him I might want to make a video someday, and he was just so inspiring. That's where my first video came from, honestly, and I've been loving loving the YouTube thing ever since. Yeah, the YouTube thing has been incredible. Um, personally, it's what got me involved in this. I'm um, a marketing guy. That's what I do for a living. I do it full time. Uh, I guess you could say I'm kind of like a white collar guy, and so are all of my friends. So when I say things like, oh, I could make that, people look at me like I'm crazy. You know, like, what do you mean? Why don't you just go to the store and get it? I was like, no, I could make that with my hands. I could build it. And uh, and it was a bit of a, a tough sell for my wife, who sort of grew up in that environment also. But now she she actually comes to me. She's like, can you make this? I'm like, yes, I can make this. And she's like blown away by these, I don't know, I guess what I consider to be pretty easy tasks, but for her are sort of mind-blowing, like a box. You know, like, could you, could you make this and make it gray? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Um, but just sort of my own background, like I said, I, I started doing this. I've always been sort of handy, you know, like... Growing up, I liked fixing things. My dad sort of really uh, showed me how to do that and got me inspired to to fix things around the house instead of just tossing them out and you know buying something new. You you know you could take a screwdriver to that and make it tight and it'll be good. Um, so that was always with me. And and then my one major making thing was there used to be a, a website. I don't know if anybody remembers, but it was called LumenLab.com, and you could make your own high definition projector by building like big box and putting in some lenses and a stripped down LCD monitor and some uh, industrial lighting. Anyway, so I made that and uh, it came out crappy but it really worked and it got me super excited about building things. And then maybe two years ago I really started watching YouTube videos, guys like Jimmy DiResta and you know John Heise and Matthias Wandel and, and you know and, and actually Tim, uh, I never told you this but I, I have been watching you that long, and uh, and it was really inspiration. Like I could do this too, and I started doing the Craigslist hunting thing and finding all the tools and just getting more and more comfortable with them and taking on larger and larger projects until uh, until I got to Bill Lutz's uh, uh, Facebook group and this whole new world of talking to other makers and and other people who do the same stuff and who don't think I'm crazy for wanting to do it. So it's been uh, it's been a wild ride and it's been a lot of fun, and um, I decided you know what I, I love listening to these podcasts you know like uh, the Wood Whisper which is you know Mark Spagnolo and 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 Matt and Shannon those guys, and and then of course there's uh, making it with Jimmy DeResta and uh, Dave Picciuto and Bob Claggett and 
I love those, but those are the only two I could find, so that's really only Monday and Tuesday on my commute. So I figured, you know what, if it's just me, it can't just be me who's hungry for more of this content. So I figured, you know what, I could do this too, and I needed the real deal, so I went out and I got Tim Sway, and, uh, and I said, Tim, who should be the third leg of this tripod? And without hesitation, he said, he said, Lutz, you got to get the Lutz. So, so that's what we did. <laughs> And and we're giving it a shot, and this is this is our first episode, so uh, that's that's I guess our origin story. Let's talk a little bit about what it is that we're currently working on, and and you know uh, and how it is that we uh, get that work and that inspiration. So Tim, what are you what are you working on right now? Before we do that, if you guys don't mind, um, I've had a few people now actually message me and say something about my Facebook group on. On the, the I like to make stuff group, and yeah. I want to I want to clarify that that is Andrew Aragon, and he I think he should be our first uh, shout out. He created okay. the group. Yeah. He recruited everybody. Uh, he actually lives close to me, and um, I just want to give him a shout out. And it's all him. And if I've been able to um, uh, be a loudmouth enough in that group for people to think I have something to do with it, all I all, I'm just I'm just a guest, happy to be there with you and Tim and. Uh, well, I guess I guess the squeaky wheel got the grease in this case. So apologies to Andrew. You've got an amazing group. I thank you for creating it. Um, it's been an incredible influence on my life. It's kept uh, the battery on my phone dying every day because there's <laughs> stuff happening, and it's amazing. And I thank you, and you definitely will be our first guest. Absolutely. So I pre thank you for that interlude. <laughs> the, the only complaint I have with that group is my productivity went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrew, when he started it, I, I was like one of the first dozen people or something that, and I just got this message from some guy I never heard. Of. He was like, "Hey, you want to join this group?" And I was like, "Who are you, Bob Claggett? You know, with the name of the group?" And right. and, uh, and he's like, "Oh no, he's my friend. He's going to join too." And I had, I just, I was like, "All right, whatever." And then it just turned out to be this like super amazing thing. Like I didn't. I don't. I don't like have friends, you know. <laughs> and now I do, you know. Like it's it's pretty funny, man. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, so uh, let's head on back to what it is that we're currently building, working on. Um, you can even talk about what the video is you're going to be doing this week, or the one that you just launched. I leave it wide open, guys. Uh, there was one other interlude I wanted to make, <laughs> um, and, and you kind of touched on it about how there are other podcasts. And I just wanted to point out that we are not. In, in any stretch of the imagination, trying to compete with any other podcast, we're just trying to add to the conversation. Um, Absolutely, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, just wanted to just say it again because uh, we we love them. <laughs> no, and, man, uh, we're, yeah, we're we super fans. To... I don't yeah. think there's any competition happening. I mean, there is no, just so much room for everybody to have space and to participate. I think yeah. is the right word. And, and right. you know, like like my channel, you know, I, I, what I try to do is sort of just be this sort of extra, like like a little different voice in the conversation. And I, and I think that's what we're all trying to do here is just, you know, well, here, let's expound on this a little bit, you know, uh, on the reclaim thing. So um, Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. And what am I, what am I working on right now? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of drowning this week because I had all these distractions. But uh, I'm working on a, a, a really large coffee table. Uh, made out of a cedar fence. There's actually a video about the cedar fence that I got from my my barn neighbor, um, and I'm I'm not video recording the process because I'm kind of kind of falling behind right now. So I put the camera down a little bit. Um, 
and and also the builds that I'm doing aren't necessarily interesting. It's like I've already built this style coffee table, so there's no point in video recording it. Uh, so I got that going along with like a couple of little projects. I actually sold one of my guitar stands, but I had to change the modify it a little bit for the guitar, so I had to rebuild it. Um, I'm making these like bent metal business card holder things that are pretty cool, um, and I have a I couple of those. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. That was one of the prototypes. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. I got that job. Um, but uh, I just had to change the shapes a little bit, uh, and it's turning out to be a pain in the neck because uh, you know I'm using like 12 gauge uh, sheet metal, but I had to cut it all into these strips and then cut it into the into squares, and uh, so I'm using um, an angle grinder because it's too long. Like it's nothing you can you know to sit and push it through the bandsaw would take forever. Um, right. The jigsaw wasn't accurate enough, and it was like the blades are getting too hot. You know, so it's just like, well, I guess I'm using the angle grinder with a cutoff wheel. And uh, so it's just like, you know, sparks flying. I got this burn on my wrist, you know, because like, I'm too dumb to roll my sleeves down. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, all, the, all the usual trappings. And I burnt out one of my, my cheap, you know, angle grinders, you know, like the big one that I got for 45 bucks from the store that we all don't want to admit we shop at. You know? And, uh, you know, so it's just been this like, I was like, oh, man, I don't think I charged enough. But... But so uh, it's fun. Start, we need to start a campaign to get Tim a plasma cutter. Uh, yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about that because you know David Gagne, who's also a member of that group. Um, right. I know he has a plasma cutter, and he lives about fifteen or twenty minutes away. And right around the time that I was blowing this fire out of my <laughs> my ground, I was like, maybe I should go borrow his plasma cutter. And uh, but um, I'm kind of like uh, I, I am actually video recording it, and so now I'm kind of just sort of hell bent to to make it happen with what I have to not buy a tool, you know? <laughs> and that's because a big part of what I do and the reason I work with Reclaim Materials is that limitations are are what force you to be more creative and often the end result is better because of it. And so I, I get I do things like that on purpose and by accident sometimes where I just I force these limitations on myself um, and, and then struggle through them because I feel that it makes me a, a better person and I create a better product. I definitely think that creativity is born of, of constraint. I don't mm. think you can be creative if all options are on the table because you just grab the easiest one, done. But yeah. I think it, it comes out of some kind of uh, conflict or struggle or limitation, and you've got to problem solve. And I think that's what we sort of all are, these, these problem solvers. We're working to make you know, solutions come together. And, Absolutely. Uh, super interesting. Bill, what are you, uh, what are you working on? Uh, right now on my bench is a, and I'm not sure what to call it, but the closest thing I can think of would be like a jewelry boxy bandsaw-y type configurated thing. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I, have, I had, I had this, um, uh, like an oval shaped log. It looked like if you put a log in a press and squished it down and I just thought that was really, really cool and I thought it would make a neat kind of a box. So okay. I, did a like a bandsaw box, but it's not because it's, it's not really going to have a drawer, so it's going to have like a, a flip top lid that I took the hardware off of some glass stereo doors from like the 70s that I had found, and I got another piece of glass that I cut for it because I found out those old stereo doors are tempered. And do you know that you can't cut tempered glass? With glass no, tempered? no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew that. I just didn't know that those doors were tempered. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so that's come along. And then I found an old uh, a hatch. Uh, a, it's like a claw hammer hatchet that I thought was amazing. I had gotten two of them for like five bucks. One of the claws on one of them were broken off. So I'm going to use that one, cut the hammer end off of it, make it look like the hatchet is embedded into this log, 
and weld it to a saw blade or something and, and for the stand. And, I mean, it's going to be amazing. And I'm trying that to sounds pretty it. cool. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, uh, that, like you said, that creative process of, of not having everything that would be perfect to be able to do that. And I love that because, just like you said, you know, it's like, okay, how can I make this happen? I know what I want to happen. What, how can I make that happen with what I have? And um, I, I love that. But I, I've got a bunch of other projects lined up. I've got a, uh, my last commission piece that I promised somebody is a wardrobe, and I'm going to have to figure out how to squeeze that in. I don't think I'm going to film it because it's just I want to get it done and out and away, and mm -hmm. get the money for it and just be done with it type thing. Um, then I got to make some. Uh, I got. I figured out a way that I'm going to make some stickers that aren't stickers because uh, Tim shamed me into thinking about going down to Kinko's and getting them made. Uh, and, and some other projects lined up. So. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> awesome. Um, as far as myself, I've been sort of out of the game probably for about um, a month now. I had to go to India on business, and so I was gone for two weeks, and then the jet lag when I got back uh, knocked me out. It's like one hour, wait, one day for every hour of time difference. So it was nine and a half hour time difference, so for a week and a half, I just like, couldn't even be normal. But while I was there... <laughs> I had I had like three or four Etsy orders that just came in, so when I got back, I had to crank these things out. So they're finally just about all done, uh, which means that I can start you know the next video. And what that does is lets me work uh, on the uh, woodworking bench. I'm making a Rubo bench out of reclaimed material. So I had yeah. part one come out about a month ago, I guess, and now part two I'm going to try to get out this week. And uh, I'd really love to do that just because I want to make other projects using that bench. You know, it's like uh, I've been really getting into hand tools. I picked up a, uh, a jack plane and a number six. So it's, I guess it's big enough to be a jointer if you're working on smaller projects, which I do. So uh, I'm really looking forward to exploring more, more hand tools. And, uh, and just to talk real quick about reclaimed materials, the, 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 product that I have on Etsy that seems to be doing the best for me are these whiskey boxes and I make them out of reclaimed whatever I'm able to get my hands on whether it's pallet wood or yeah. most recently it's been uh, these bed slats I, I don't know one of my neighbors was throwing out an old bed and it had all these slats and they were all really nice varnished pine and mm -hmm. all like quarter sawn and super clear so I don't know. I guess it's kind of weird in my neighborhood to pick stuff up out of your garbage, out of your neighbor's garbage, but I did it anyway. I don't care. It's and, kind of uh, weird in everybody's neighborhood. Trust uh, fair me. enough. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. So, so it's weird, but uh, but it was amazing, and I, I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, meanwhile, I think I was able to make like uh, two or three boxes out of this thing. So, as Tim said before, it literally is a gold mine. Like this stuff is already made. Like why tear down a tree when this is going to go to the garbage and rot? So, I. Yep. That was my uh, my sanctimonious not throwing stuff away thing. You know, I just I just had recently uh, at work where I work um, once a year we have these inspections that our tenants have to go through, and therefore we provide them with four thirty yard dumpsters, cool. and we give them four days to clear out everything that's in the, their units that they're not supposed to have to get ready for an inspection through the city and through the fire department and all that. Well, what that really means is they're going to bring all their crap from home. So yeah. <laughs> although that's really bad, it's good for me because I actually get the opportunity to go shopping, basically. 
So I've right. got these giant dumpsters that have swing open doors and I can literally climb through them, get first pick, because I'm usually the first person at work, walk through them, pick and choose what I want. And part of me wants to, to send notes to every person that's there. It's like, do you realize what you're doing? It's, it's terrible, but at the same time, like I said, I get the opportunity to go shopping. So right now I'm at my capacity basically for crap around my house, and I'm, <laughs> I, I have to start making things. There, there's a capacity? <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually rent this house, and my, my landlords live next door. And they're only here part-time, but they love me, and they, they support all my stuff, but I, I still want to because one of the reasons why they love me is because I really take care of the yard, especially the front. So... From the front, it looks great. As soon as you step through the back gate, you can just circle, because I live on like on a, a cul-de-sac, so my backyard is like this big circle, and there's just shit everywhere. <laughs> I've got the piles nice. I mean, I've got lumber here. I've got metal here. I've got bicycle parts here. I've got old furniture there, but it's, yeah, I'm at capacity. In fact, I think I'm going to invite Andrew Aragon over so he can kind of go through and get some stuff and see if he needs anything. <laughs> Pay it forward. What's the yeah. best thing that you found? Ever or recently? Well, in that arrangement, that little shopping mall you've set up for yourself. Um, the thing I'm most excited about, I found a what looks to be, I'm guessing, a, a 60s uh, stereo cabinet or an old TV cabinet. I can't tell which because half of it's busted out. But I've got this idea in my head for um, a seating bench cabinet inspired by this... Uh, this uh, hippie guy from uh, Connecticut or something that made a, a whiskey cabinet out of an old TV cabinet or something. It's a sway <laughs> something or other. I, I can't take too much credit for that, though. There's other guys that did that before me. Like that, I just someone asked for one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tim, everybody's made something before anybody did. So yeah. I know. <laughs> but no, I mean, I really like that cabinet you did, and I've done a few like that before. And uh, finding this one, it's in good enough shape. So that's my little treasure right now that I'm I'm designing in my head. Uh, I don't know how to use a SketchUp or nothing like that, and I can't draw from nothing. So everything's in my head and, and in the background when I'm not doing anything. It's, I'm building it, taking it apart, seeing if it fits. Oh, that won't work, blah, 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 blah. So about a month or so from now, I'll probably actually start working on it. But I'm really excited about that piece. That's really cool. cool. What about you, Tim? What's what's the best gold you've ever found? Oh, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know where to where to begin. I mean, it's, you know, I, I found stuff that I just thought was really cool, but it's not necessarily, you know, and, that, and that's one of the things that will, A, that interests me about this and also is a challenge of this is that I, people all the time want to give me stuff that they want to throw away and, and I know I can make stuff out of it, but the question is, can I make stuff out of it that someone's going to buy? Um, right. Because, I mean, I, you know, my, my whole thing is I want to I want to give stuff that no longer has use use again. I'm not just like a visual artist. I don't want to just make sculpture and uh, and you know and be a starving artist and make sculpture and or even be a successful artist and make sculpture. I want to make sculpture that you can set your drink on or that you can put your stuff in. You know, um, so I mean like things like the the foosball guys. I just thought those were the coolest things I ever found. It was just a stack of foosball players like these rusty six. I made that silly lamp. No one's ever going to buy that lamp. The thing's ridiculous, but <laughs> but it's cool, you know. So it's like it, it's it was gold to me because I had all those guys and I loved filming them and cleaning them up. Um, but I don't know if it was gold to anybody else. Um, and that's just one that I can think of recently. Maybe like next week, I'll I'll be like, ooh, ooh, there was that, you know. Well, I look forward to next week then. 
What about you, Phil? What, what, what's, what's in uh, your, your oh my godness pile? Um, well, when I first started doing this stuff, I was working exclusively with pallets, and uh, and you know, I was just used to sort of getting, you know, pine pallets. And then one time, I pulled apart one that seemed really, really heavy to me. And then I asked a bunch of guys on Reddit what this was because I wasn't able to identify wood at that time. And it turns out that it was uh, two pallets of hard maple because it was, uh, you know, nice. they were, yeah, really my nice. company was working with steel and it was uh, it was steel billet that was shipped on this stuff and I later discovered. And then there was a couple of mahogany boards that were actually mixed in. So for me, it was finding hardwood pallets. That was mm -hmm. like, yay, you know, that was my, my most amazing find to date, but I haven't been at it as long as you guys have, so... Uh, maybe I'll find something even better as the years go on. I have never gotten one of those legendary hardwood pallets. I mean, I've gotten oak ones, um, but I've never gotten one with mahogany or any of the, the exotics in there. So you're you're way ahead of me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got oak recently, also. Actually, I got. Um, I went on a, one of one of my videos was called Pallet Run, and I went to my brother's girlfriend's work that, and they had pallets out the back, and they're just like, yeah, come and get them. So we filled up his truck, and one of them turned out to be some really nice uh, oak, and I used the, the runners already, but I have all the slats, and I'm going to make a, a whiskey box for myself out of them. And nice. Stain nice. Ebony. Yeah. Oak's pretty easy to find because they, they, they use that a lot with like, concrete and some of the other heavy stuff. Um, but yeah. those, are, those are also the ones that the companies usually want back. They have their name on them and stuff. And, right. I mean, all yeah. of them the company wants back. There's a, there's a pallet guy a couple miles down the road from me, and he's got something like 50,000 pallets stacked up in his yard because he sells them. And every time I see, like, you know, then you go four blocks down, there's a guy with a stack of pallets sitting out, you know, for me to pick up. It's like, why? You could go actually get, like, a nickel for him over there. You know, he'll buy them <laughs> off you. But, oh, yeah, but it's too late over there. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... Um... I love it. The only the only danger with working with pallets is you got to make sure that uh, all the nails are out, and if you're working with any pallets that are being shipped on, you know, or working with concrete or anything like that, you got to really clean them or brush them off or whatever it is. You don't want to send that stuff through your plane or otherwise, you have yeah. uh, nicks and stuff in your blades. That's horrible. Or you can get nicks in your cheek. Yeah, yeah. that too. That's true. What is it? Thirty thousand RPM sending dirt out at the front or the back. You don't want that. Well, I had um, uh, a shipping crate that I was building a cabinet for the salon, and I have my little Craftsman portable table saw, and it's usually on the side of the house at the time because I didn't really have any room in my garage, so I'd pull everything out of the driveway off to the side, and I'm cutting up this shipping crate, which you guys probably know, shipping crates usually just a piece of plywood with trim around it that they staple nail together. Yeah. So after pulling out the nails where I'm pretty sure the saw blade's going to run to, um, I'm going along, and all of a sudden, I felt something hit my cheek, and I got my gloves on and my safety glasses. Well, I reached up and touched my cheek and looked at my glove. I didn't see any blood, so I thought, okay, it must have been a little piece of wood. So I'm 15, 20 minutes. I continue cutting up this uh, shipping crate to what I want. I'm walking back through the garage to take a break, and I have a mirror in there, and as I turn, I look. There's a nail sticking out of my face. Oh, my God. And uh, I, my response immediately was, oh, my God, this is so cool. Honey, and I ran in the house to show Casey... And um, she's like, you are insane, you are insane. I'm like, take a picture, take a picture. And uh, when I went to pull it out, because it came out of that, that blade, heated it up so instantaneously, it actually cauterized the, the wound. So when I pulled it out, it kind of made a popping sound, but there was no blood or anything because the hole was actually burnt, it was cauterized. Yeah. And, uh, but I, ended I think up we have our I think we have our cover photo for <laughs> this <laughs> podcast. You've seen this picture, and I think we should all see it. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, so I ended up embedding that in epoxy, and the, the cabinet that I made for the salon actually has on top of it this little, it's like a medallion with this nail in it. So I, if people ask, I'll tell them, or the girls know, they can tell them. But what are you going to tell them? This was in my face. This was in my face. I sacrificed my body for your haircut, people. Yeah. <laughs> that is too much. Wow. What a I story. Have the, I had the wire brushed on the angle grinder. The uh, one of the pieces of wire gets stuck in my cheek once, and uh, and again it was just. I mean, it was it was tiny, so it wasn't like a nail, you know. But it was just like right. one wire. But it was in there for a good twenty minutes, probably. And it's just like you know, everyone started scratched. And one time I finally scratched. I was like, wait a minute, and you know, I wasn't smart enough to take a picture <laughs> like you, but this doesn't belong. <laughs> yeah, uh, knock on wood, I haven't had anything embedded in my face so far. <laughs> so you far. know what's weird though is after all these years, I mean, I. I've never really had a uh, an injury accident like I know a lot of people have cut their hands or they've had kickback and knocked the wind out of them and some severe things and I've known people like that but I think that what a lot of people ask me what you know it's, since we're talking about injury and safety um, know what this tool can do if you just mm. even if you've never used it if you understand the direction that the blade turns the action that that tool is going to make. That's the biggest thing you can do. You know, obviously safety glasses, which you know, hopefully we all do all the time. Yep. Um, gloves and all that good stuff. But just really, if you just not understand how to use the tool so much as what it can do, learning how to use it is is second to me anyway. For sure. Um, yeah. I will just say one thing because you just said gloves. Um, don't use gloves with anything that has a spinning blade. That's that's you don't want that blade. That it's going to get caught in the blade, and then it's just going to pull your hand into it. You're better well, off getting I, the nick, as as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think there's some general safety that comes in in booklets that everybody who's starting should follow. And then there also comes from experience, and and I'm not saying I'm like that, but I'm just saying uh, there's an experience in the comfort level again that you get over the years, and and again knowing what the tool can do and can't do. But that, those general things, not wearing loose clothing, not wearing gloves when you're not supposed to, all of those things, right. always wearing safety glasses. And really, you should always wear hearing protection. So. Yeah, that's that's one that I don't do that I really should be doing. That yeah. stuff yeah. gets Yeah, it gets, it gets pretty dingy in a, in a shop. And I've been trying to be better about that, but... I already lost most of my hearing from playing music for the past 20 years. i gotta, yeah. I got to hang on to what I have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I think we maybe um, maybe we'll end it here for for this time. Um, I want to thank everybody who who is listening or has listened so far, okay. and we are going to be coming up with some uh, topics, and we are open to topic suggestions. Uh, you can send us a message on Facebook if you know us there. Um, otherwise, I think my email address is going to be on. Uh, what's it called again, SoundCloud, which is where I'm going to be hosting this, is also going to be on iTunes, so you can leave us a comment there. In fact, uh, just a brief word on iTunes, that is the best way to help us out, is that to leave a review on iTunes and to leave us a comment. It gets us in front of more people and allows us to grow this as, uh, as quickly as possible. So I'd like to thank Tim and to thank Bill, who were super open about doing this podcast with me, even though... You know, who the hell am I? So I uh, I really appreciate that, guys, and I look forward to having a ton of fun together. Yeah, cheers, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks very much, and we'll, uh, we'll speak soon. All right. Bye, it. everybody. Bye-bye.